Well, good morning. I'm so glad you could be with me today in God's Word as we're studying it together in the Unfolding the Word ministry. Verse by verse, we're working our way through books of the Bible. Right now, we're in the midst of 1 John, the first epistle of John. We're now in the third chapter. Yesterday, we were looking at verse 4, and I want to read it again today as we examine the issue of what is sin anyway. Verse 4 of 1 John, chapter 3. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. We've been focused on the growth process of the believer. How that when we really understand the wonder of being made the children of God, when we really understand God's intention to be changing us and transforming us increasingly into the image of his son, the Lord Jesus, and that eventually we will be completely transformed at that moment when we see the Lord Jesus, God calls for us to cooperate with the process of change, to cooperate in that purifying process to grow. And of course, as we say, okay, I'd like to do that, we inevitably encounter an obstacle, and that obstacle is sin. And so the focus on growth and the challenge to cooperate with God inevitably has to lead to a discussion of sin. And we began our look at this verse 4 yesterday, reminding ourselves of what we previously learned about sin at the end of the first chapter and end of the second chapter of 1 John. And now reminding ourselves that God tells us exactly how sin is defined. Sin is lawlessness. Let's look at that further together. The essence of what sin is, is a choice of lawlessness. Humanity doesn't define sin properly. God defines sin properly. Yesterday, we were talking at various confused views of exactly what sin is that we find in interaction with people. God removes the confusion and he says, listen, I'll tell you exactly what sin is. And here he says, sin is lawlessness. <laughs> now, when God's saying sin is lawlessness, God's not primarily talking about the laws of the land. Lawlessness is not essentially describing the criminal, the, the lawbreaker, although God certainly commands us to submit to the laws of the land to the degree that those laws do not conflict with his laws. So we are under that responsibility. And so in one sense, I suppose it's legitimate to say sin, it is sin to break the laws of the land that are not in, not in opposition to God's laws. But that's not the heart of sin. It has nothing to do with your culture. It has nothing to do with the political system under which you live and the judicial system under which you live. No, the lawlessness that is being described here in verse 4 has to do with God's law. It has to do with an orientation of breaking God's law. Now, we encounter God's law in the written word, Old Testament and New Testament, but the scripture also tells us that God in Romans 1 has written his laws upon our hearts as well and our consciences. So we encounter God's law even as unbelievers, even if we don't have all of the written out scriptures available to us. We know some of the core aspects of God's ways, and we also know that we're rejecting them and rebelling against them. 
Sin, therefore, is a conscious rejection to ignore or reject God's law, whether written in the word or written on our conscience. It is a conscious decision. The scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. Isaiah 53.6 puts it this way, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone's turned to his own way. That, in fact, is the description of humanity. Actually, the description of humanity from the beginning, Adam and Eve sin in the garden right till the current moment. There's only one who is not guilty of the general guiltiness of humanity. And that, of course, is the one who was the word made flesh to dwell among us, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who never did sin. And when he went to the cross, it wasn't for his sin, it was for our sin to create a solution, an atonement, a propitiation for sin, as we talked about in the second chapter. Let's get back to this definition of sin. Sin, at its core, if we really want to understand what the issue is and why sin separates us from God, the wages of sin is death, separation from God, as Romans 3 I'm sorry, Romans 6, 23 tells us, sin at its core is lawlessness, a decision to act in rebellion against God's laws. It is a decision, sin stirring up within men and women, you and I, sin is a decision within us to live without accepting God's constraint on our choices. This rebellious attitude of refusing to accept God's constraints upon our choices was first reflected in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. Even though there were very few constraints put in place, the few that were there having to do with the eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, uh, even the few that were there became intolerable for Adam and Eve to follow and they succumbed to Satan's temptation to tell them to simply ignore that law. It wasn't in your best interest to follow what God had to say. And in encouraging them to sin, they bought it, hook, wine, and sinker, and they in turn sinned and as a consequence found separation from God and found expulsion from the garden. They also found the beginning of the answer to the failure and sin of humanity through the sacrifice that would eventually point to the sacrifice of the one who was the word made flesh to dwell among us, the true Lamb of God. Well, at any rate, that is the essence of what sin is. That's why verse 4 in 1 John chapter 3 summarizes it all by saying, listen, Sin is best understood as an orientation to lawlessness. The Greek word translated lawlessness here is the Greek word anomia, which means to be living without the law. Essentially what it says, a person is reflective of anomia, lawlessness, when they see themselves as a free spirit, unbound by the law. Anomia shows up in an individual when they see themselves as able to choose their own course. They can do what they want to do. 
That is anomia, the termination to not accept, not be restricted by the constraints of God's law and truth on our lives. So, at its heart, the word sin describes that attitude which is universal in humanity of deciding to let our own desires, our own wishes, create the laws of our life. It's not that we don't follow any law, we follow our own law. But in so doing, we break the very law of God. We make a choice that it will not be God's standards, but our standards that drive our life. Essentially, what that choice means is that I reject God's authority over my life. I do not accept that I am the creature and he is the creator. And that is at the heart of what sin is. Sin is not so much deciding to do morally bad things, although frequently people who choose to reject God's law end up doing morally bad things. But sin is not that so much. It's doing what you want to do instead of what God says to do. It is the, I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it. I'm in charge. I am the God of my life. That is at the heart of sin. It is at the heart of rebellion. In the book of Judges in the Old Testament, after a horrendous period in Israel's history uh, that led eventually in the midst of their you know, this despicable situation to the time of the law and the time of the kingship coming on the scene. It describes Israel in this way. There was no king in Israel and everybody did what was right in his own eyes. Now this doing what's right in your own eyes is actually presented as the exemplar response in humanity. Do what's right in your own eyes. Be true to yourself. But Proverbs 14.12 tells us, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is the way to death. God created us. The way that seems right to you or the way that might seem right to me ends up in disaster. God says, I love you. I don't want you in disaster. I don't want you dying. I want you in right relationship with me. Lawlessness is the definition of sin. That's why everybody's guilty of it. Even the most morally upright person is guilty of lawlessness. They're not living surrendered to the purpose of God in their life, and to differing degrees, they feel they have the right to call their shots, to live in a way that's right in their own eyes, not in the eyes of God. And such lawlessness finds its ultimate expression in Satan, the ultimate lawless one. In fact, the Antichrist got Satan's great tool at the end of time leading to the return of Jesus Christ is called the man of lawlessness, anomia, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Because the Antichrist encourages everybody to live doing what they want to do in their own minds, not live according to God's law. Well, there it is. Sin is lawlessness, and it's the reason why everyone is under condemnation and separation from God, and why everyone needs Christ. Join me tomorrow as we move forward into more things about sin in the midst of this portion of 1 John. God bless.